This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290 WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Sunny today, high near 49. Increasing clouds tonight with a chance of rain, low around 34. Rain on Saturday, high near 46. Partly sunny on Sunday, high near 61. Two individuals wanted by the Broome County Sheriff's Office were taken into custody on Thursday in Owego and Florida. Veronica Mitchell of Endicott was located at a residence on Day Hollow Road in the town of Owego. She was found at the residence hiding in a storage room, arrested, and transported to the Broome County Correctional Facility. Mitchell was wanted regarding felony drug and weapon possession charges and was additionally charged with resisting arrest and obstructing governmental administration in the second degree. Suli Kamara of Binghamton, Broome County's number three most wanted, was arrested yesterday in Orlando, Florida. He was being sought after by the Binghamton City Police Department for the shooting of Lamont Weaver on June 17th of 2023. Also wanted on an outstanding warrant for criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree, Kamara was quickly added to the United States Marshals Regional Fugitive Task Force open cases and an investigation began into his whereabouts. The Broome County Sheriff's Office Warrants Division was able to determine that Suley had fled New York State and tracked him down in Orlando. Information was then sent to the Marshall's Regional Fugitive Task Force in Florida where they were able to locate him and arrest him on Thursday. The Wise Markets store at 307 Conklin Avenue is scheduled to close on Saturday. The 52 fall and part-time employees of the Conklin Avenue unit were told on February 1st that the store would be shut down in about a month. Wise Markets officials have not explained why the decision was made to close the supermarket. A brief statement released by a public relations firm said the move came after careful consideration and review. Mayor Jared Cram told WNBF News he was frustrated when Wise announced the plan closing because he had contacted the company not long ago to discuss the store's future. Graham said the goal now is to replace the store with a high-quality grocer that is full service, but he suggested, suggested that could be challenging, giving trends in the industry to locate supermarkets in high-traffic areas. The Conklin Avenue property is owned by the Binghamton Giant Markets. Company representative Philip Akel on Thursday declined to comment about possible future tenants at that site. A man who fatally shot a 20-year-old woman when the SUV she was riding in mistakenly pulled into his rural driveway could face decades in prison and his sentencing. 66-year-old Kevin Monahan of Huron, New York, faces a maximum sentence of 25 years to life for second-degree murder on Friday. He was convicted in January for killing Kaylin Gillis last April. She was riding in a caravan of two cars and a motorcycle that pulled into Monaghan's long, winding driveway while her friends were looking for another person's house. Monaghan said the gun went off by accident and he thought his home was under siege by intruders. 
The Broome County Executive's Office has announced that applications are now being accepted for the seventh round of Broome County's Small Community Fund Grant Program. This year, $650,000 has been budgeted for community improvement projects. The Small Community Fund is available to municipalities, nonprofits, and local economic development entities that are working on projects that complement Broome County's comprehensive plan. Since it was created in 2018, the Small Community Fund has supported over 100 projects throughout the county. Most grants range from $1,200 to $30,000, with the average grant being approximately $15,000. The 56th Annual Ancient Order of Hibernian St. Patrick's Day Parade is tomorrow in downtown Binghamton. Parade Day will begin with Mass at 11.30 at St. Mary's of the Assumption Church on Court Street, followed by the parade stepping off at 1.30 at the corner of Fayette and Court Streets, continuing west on Court Street, turning on the Main Street, and then continuing west to Edwards Street. Motor and pedestrian traffic will be very heavy before, during, and after the parade. Many side streets that intersect with Court and Main Streets between Fayette and Edwards will be closed off just before and during the parade. And on Sunday, the annual Hillcrest St. Patrick's Parade will kick off at 1 p.m. According to the Broome County Sheriff's Office in town of Fenton, from 1245 to 2 p.m., several roads will be closed to vehicle, vehicle traffic, including Shenango Street from West Service Road to Nolan Road, Nolan Road between East Service Road and Saluter Street. East Service Road between the Nolan Road intersection to the East Service Road crossover overpass. And West Service Road between the Shenango Street intersection and the American Legion. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now, Friday, March 1st. You're invited to call in and talk. I'm ready for the best broadcast of the week. Again, the number is 607-772-1290. What is on your mind? Let's take a look at some of the top local stories. 
in Vestal, a second police chief, Jim Emke, reports for News Channel 34. Town Supervisor Maria Sexton, as well as other board members, want to move forward with hiring a new police chief, even though they already have one. The issue stems from the current police chief's initial announcement that he intended to retire at the end of February, and then he changed his mind and rescinded his retirement prior to his change of heart. The town supervisor, the human resources director, met with a police captain about the presumed vacancy, and he was subsequently hired by the board. So more police chiefs, more often. What do you think about that? Should every community have two or three police chiefs? Let's begin the program by taking a phone call from an average viewer. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, John, I, I put the C in concerned citizen. Well, I'm glad someone is. What is your concern this morning, John? Well, a, a b- very bizarre, a quote-unquote, press conference was held yesterday in Vestal by uh, a Vestal uh, councilman. And uh, I think at least two people attended. He put it on YouTube himself. Uh, it was truly... Uh, <laughs> now you know, I'll tell you what, you know that the problems in Vestal uh, were not exaggerated. Uh, that there's this crazy quilt of hillbillies uh, that really controlled the, the town government uh, for so long, you're seeing it all unfold. Um, one of the reasons, Bob, for a police choice act is exactly the problem you're referring to with this civil service list uh, that that turns into a coup d'état where the candidates uh, themselves uh, determine uh, who's going to go for police chief, and uh, you get the John Butler, so-called, the greatest transfer of wealth to a single individual by the Vestal taxpayer, uh, probably, (laughs) probably. Well, I I didn't hear him complain about it. He seemed, last I knew, and I didn't speak to him directly, but I heard heard no complaints from him. Yeah, so what you want to do, look, uh, uh, my opinion on Fred Akshar is irrelevant, but what you want to do with with the Police uh, Choice Act is get rid of this uh, uh, boardwalk empire uh, where they determine these the people on the civil service list determine uh, who's going to go for chief and who's going to be the next chief. This this is a big big problem, and you know uh, they can decide amongst themselves. Uh, you know because they know where the bodies are buried. Uh, when when to force a police chief out? We we saw this with Ken Rounds. This is this is nothing new here. What's going on? Uh, it's just that you know uh, the people on the board uh, probably weren't here when when uh, this uh, uh, this these problems occurred. But I I I uh, watched the meeting and uh, I. Uh, the town attorney, uh, who 
you know, uh, is the town attorney for Vestal on an hourly basis, I guess, and is also the commissioner of the Board of Elections and was a county legislator and a failed judicial candidate. He got very snippy uh, when asked about this uh, alleged break-in that, that somebody, uh, that a public official went in and used the keypad to get into somebody's office. But I would say this. Here's how I feel about it. Uh, an elected official uh, has the right, I believe, to go through any record uh, uh, that he wants to. If he, he wants to look at somebody's uh, files, uh, he can. Now you don't. Nowadays, you don't pull open the file cabinet. You may have to get into the computer, but uh, I, I don't think that that constitutes a break-in. Uh, I don't think the office. Who, whatever uh, you know, whatever office it is, and by that I mean the physical office space belongs to the person that's in the job. You know, uh, th- those are not personal papers. So I, I don't think that's that's a big thing. But but what is a big thing is uh, this: uh, these Schaeferites uh, are, are going at it uh, uh, and really. <laughs> Really, uh, uh, gumming up the works of any kind of of reform, uh, led led by uh, this uh, <laughs> uh, ad man, this PR guy, and uh, uh, whose last big, I guess, last big production was the uh, failed rally for the school resource officer. Uh, I, if I was Vestal, I would actually abolish the police department. Oh my gosh! There you go again. Well. Well, like I say, you see, uh, the sheriff... Well, then you're going to give the Republicans yet another issue. They're going to... You you can bet that we're going to hear outrage. Now, are you going to submit a request for legislation to the town of Vestal? No, I don't, I don't think... Well, you don't have standing anyway, since you're not a Vestal resident, but still... Uh, again, uh, Akshar was elected. You know, he's not my cup of tea, but he was elected. Uh, <laughs> these other people running around, uh, uh, you know, uh, and, and some of them are very good. Uh, you know, they're they're lower key. Some of them are thing, but I mean, it, it's absurd, Bob. I mean, uh, uh, Port Dickinson needs a police uh, police department. I mean, uh, uh, the the same cars. Now think about this: the same cars that go up and down and well and uh, or. Uh, 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 East Main, uh, you know, from Westover, the, those same cars, those same state police cars can easily go up and down the parkway. Uh, you know, un- unless you can bring in outside people, uh, outside chiefs, and if if you can't do that, then you're locked into this uh, Vestal Hillbillies uh, situation where uh, uh, these people, uh, you know, they're not the brightest bulbs in Vestal, that's for sure. I mean, it, it is amazing to me. You know, here you have all kinds of high-end people that live in Vestal. Uh, you know, uh, university people, physicians, all kinds of accomplished people. <laughs> and and then you have this government uh, that is driven uh, by the fire hall and uh, the volunteer ambulance uh, soon to be paid, I guess, if not yeah. now. No, it's, uh, it's interesting. Maybe, if nothing else, maybe this will encourage more well, people to get involved in not just the town of Vesta. What about town of Shenango? There's, there's a situation that receives scant attention 
I'm not sure. Or, I'm not sure which town in Broome County has the biggest challenges, but the, well, the, the reality is here we are in 2024, and the problems they're facing towns like Vestal and Shenango receive scant news attention, and they ought to. They ought to be in the spotlight. People who live in those towns ought to start attending the board meetings and start to pay attention to what's going on because just because nobody is reporting on a fire doesn't mean a place isn't burning down. Oh, you mean like the price scanning uh, arrangement? Oh, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. I'm not talking about that. You know I'm not talking about that, Johnny. But, uh, But bottom line, bottom line, in the end, in the end, people need to start doing their own homework because so much of what goes on in our communities is not getting covered by the news. Some people think, well, uh, Facebook will make up for it. No, Facebook or Twitter or whatever, social media won't make up for it. You may hear bits and pieces, rumors and and innuendo, and, and if you're clever, you can put together some puzzle pieces, but let's face it, some of the traditional stories that used to get covered by the news media are, are being totally neglected. Well, the credibility of the current chief, whoever that is on March 1st, uh, whoever chief of the Vesta Police right now, uh, that there was so much crap that hit the fan so, uh, or put on the wall uh, by this uh, town board member last evening uh, that I don't think the police chief has a choice but to have a press conference and explain himself. I mean, uh, uh, otherwise, unless he wants all this stuff to be out there, uh, you know, about stings and about things. I mean, this is this is this is nuts. All right. Well, if he uh, and let's face it, he he's welcome to call in there. He might call in too. I would, you know, if he wants to clarify or enlighten uh, people about what's going on, because it is. I think it's safe to say, even he would acknowledge we're witnessing a highly unusual situation. So, if he wants to call in, I would love to uh, speak with him. But that's true of any Vestal official, you know, as town supervisor. I haven't heard from her in weeks. It's Radio Silence, Vestal, New York. America's most interesting community. Other than the town of Shenango. 607-772-1290. This is Binghamton Now. Be sure to ask a few questions of your elected officials. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We're still saving the Southern Tier money at Galt Toyota.
Ain't that what you said? I mean, ain't that what you said? I mean, come on, man. What? Speak up. Beverly from the town of Dickinson. Good morning. You're on the air. I have something funny to tell you. This week, one of, one, of, one of my relatives called, you know, and they asked me a question. And uh, I was thinking about it. And you know what they told me? They told, they told me how to be in a nursing home because I forget. You know what I told them? I said, you go first and I'll go second. And I said, maybe we'll be roommates. Well, there you go. I think that's uh, I think that's a fine fine solution. <laughs> oh, I don't I don't I don't know. They some some of some of my relatives they you know they well they're I just relatives. I mean, you, look, you know they they do I mean, the they, they do they, the best they, they can. Funny, huh? Huh? Yeah, they think they're funny, but they they're not that funny. No, that's what I told them. Yeah. All right. Well, don't worry about what they say. They're entitled to their incorrect opinions. Yeah. All right. And you know, Bob. You know, Bob. You're my. You're one of my best friends because I like to listen to you on the radio, and you give good advice. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that you listen. I'm glad that you're able to call us, and I hope you have a a great weekend. Okay. Okay, you too. All right, thanks. 927 at News Radio, WNBF. Vic from the Forks, good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. I uh, Do you find Newsmax to be a, a reliable source of uh, information? Absolutely not. Well, you'd agree we got a lot of homeless people in this state. Um Absolutely. We have a lot right. of homeless people in New York State. Right. And, do they uh, there, do they work for lot. Newsmax? No, no, but I'm getting somewhere, and I'm getting to a point with this. We also have uh, a lot of elderly people who, once their spouse dies, have to move out of their homes because they can't afford the property taxes. Uh, we have elderly people who lose everything because they go to a nursing home, and, and they're grandchildren lose their inheritance because nursing homes charge $44,000 a month and they take away your uh, possessions uh, if you can't pay in cash. Well, Newsmax is reporting today, about, and this is uh, uh, actually they reported it on the 28th of February. The Democratic legislators are proposing a multi-billion dollar fund to provide unemployment benefits for undocumented immigrants. And the proposal is currently before the Finance Committee, the Senate Finance Committee. It would create a $500 million trust fund to pay for jobless benefits for workers ineligible for traditional appointment and payments in public benefits. So New Yorkers are once again stuck with huge bucks going to these people who come... Well, that's what Newsmax says. It, it, you said they're proposing it, right? Well, no. Here's my, here's my point. Wait. It's been approved? Did they say it's approved or it's been proposed? It's in the final step for approval. Oh, I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't, I don't think that's going to ultimately happen. Here's my point. We, whether it happens... And I. You know, these things have a tendency to happen. Uh, the same people ban natural gas while uh, 
Uh, Pennsylvania just announced over a billion dollars in funds for farmers yesterday. Uh, but anyway, my point is this. Where are our elected officials? You heard it first from me because I read it off of Newsmax. Where are our, electric, uh, our elected uh, officials? Where's Donald Pardo? Where's uh, Joy Angelino? Where are the people that represent us? Well, they're uh, working in their offices. That's where they are. And, uh, yeah, but they're not out there on TV telling people what's coming their way, giving them an opportunity to sway any vote, whether it's pro or against. And I'm pretty sure in this area it's going to be against this kind of action in the Senate. This bill is not a dead bill, Bob. This bill is alive and before the Senate committee right now. And and, and, and who is the sponsor? Who is the big person behind this plan? Uh, the New York legislator, Democratic legislator. I mean, who? Give me a name. Who's, I, I who who proposed it? I don't have uh, the bill in front of me. So you're saying, do, do you think Kathy Hochul would approve this? I don't I don't see any way Kathy Hochul would approve well, this. Well, if you're looking at the employment prospect, like they said, she just announced 30 new windmills off the coast of Ontario yesterday. I know, that's and, great. Jobs and, and energy. So, yeah. But the bottom line for what you're talking about, I don't see Kathy Hochul signing that into law. I'm sorry, Bob, but Kathy Hochul is as liberal as they come. I'm sure she'll sign that into law. Just like she wanted to give the illegal uh, immigrants the ability to vote. Oh, I find that improbable. But anyway, we'll see what the other listeners have to say. Appreciate your call. Hey, take care. Thanks. It's 931 WNBF. Let's uh, grab one more call for this segment. Good morning, Bob from Port Dickinson. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. Sound like you got a cold going on. Yeah, that's true. Oh, sorry. I hope you feel better soon. Listen, uh... This kind of dovetails with a couple callers ago that was, and you talking about the lack of uh, news organizations covering things locally and leaving a lot of people in the dark and the idea of people not attending their own local uh, board meetings and so on and so forth. I can tell you that our organization, Citizens for a Better Broom, is concerned with this. As you know, Bob, you've actually spoken to our group one time about the apathy that we are concerned with in terms of. Uh, getting the word out for how we're governed and who is governing us and what's going on. We meet once a month. It's coming up here. Monday is the first Monday of March. We meet at six o'clock at the park diner. Um, everyone is welcome to attend. We encourage you to come by. We need people in the field to do just that, to attend town board meetings, to attend their local school board meetings, just so we can know what's going on, because unfortunately, the media, as traditional media as we know it, has been gutted. Um, you know, Gannett is obviously pulling back to the to the USA Today with local obituaries is about what we get from the newspaper and your good work and your well, and at least day. Gannett is making money when people die, so that's that's good cash. Yeah. When when people die, that's it. I look at every notice and I say, "Oh, there's another thousand bucks." So it it keeps keeps those New Jersey printing presses flowing or running at least for another week. Well, the good news is you do good work, WMBF. Uh, all of the local TV stations do their best with limited staff, but we really need more, and we need local citizens to dig in a little bit and know about this stuff. If you were going well, to... Well, that's city. true. We, we could use some citizen journalists, but the problem with citizen journalists typically is is people wind up having an agenda 
And and so you can't necessarily trust everything a citizen journalist is reporting because he or she may be trying to further their their basic political view or whatever or or you know trying to advance their their personal agenda and that's you know the the traditional media of course are not perfect and people can say well it's the the liberal media and all that but uh, traditional media at least have certain certain safeguards in place so a lot of what's reported is going to be quite accurate whereas unfortunately citizen journalists have uh you know it's it's an inconsistent record at best. Well, here's the opportunity we provide with Citizens for a Better Broom. You come to our meetings, you go to your local uh, meetings, say at the town of Estill or at the school boards or whatever, you ask some questions. We'll be happy to help with that. We can do some background for you and then come back to us and we'll explore what those concerns are, flesh them out a little bit and get some answers from people. I mean, this is you know, we're not, we're not, we don't have an agenda. We're, we're about lower taxes, accountability, affordability, uh, trying to keep our kids, give them a reason to stay. And, uh, you know, let's see what we can do to make things better on our own. We don't need to rely on others. We need to actually quit being so apathetic and get out there and do something. So if you're interested in that, please join us Monday, 6 p.m., Park Diner. We'll be there the first Monday of the month is uh, coming up. It's this Monday. And Please, we encourage you to come by. Um, let's talk and see what we can do to uh, keep our ear to the ground and know what's going on here. So thank you for the time, folks, and please stop by. All right. Thanks. Hope you have a great weekend. You too, Bob. Thank you. It's 935 WNBF live and local on a Friday morning. This is Bob Joseph. You're listening to Binghamton Now, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. News Radio, WNBF with Bob Joseph on your Friday morning. We'll be taking more phone calls shortly. First, we're joined in the studio by Mary Donnelly of the Summer Savoyards with uh, some information about a production that will be um, presented in just over a week here in Binghamton. Mary, welcome to our program. Hi, Bob. Nice to meet you. And thanks for being here. So, um... Give me a little bit of background about the Summer Savoyards and and your involvement. How long have you been involved with the organization? Uh, The Summer Savoyards are one of the oldest uh, continuous Gilbert and Sullivan rep companies. So Gilbert and Sullivan were composers. Uh, One was a composer, one was a writer in the late 19th century in England. And they basically invented modern musical theater as we understand that term. They're kind of the bridge between opera and like Rodgers and Hammerstein. Um, They performed at the Savoy Theater in London. And so groups that are dedicated to Gilbert and Sullivan are often called Savoyards because that was the name of their acting troupe. 
So the group we have in Binghamton has been active since 1961, so well into our sixth decade. And uh, we are committed to producing Gilbert and Sullivan plays and operettas. Uh, every year we've been doing it. We had a, a little hiccup during lockdown, but we also but we did a, a virtual concert that year also. So, um, so we really only think missed ended up missing one summer. Um, this summer we are doing Princess Ida, which is a kind of send up of uh, what was known at the time they were writing the 1880s, 1890s as the Women's University Movement, and uh, it's but it's set in the Middle Ages, and so it's got you know. Uh, a prince and princess are betrothed as children and he has to break into the university where she's staying to break her out and well make her fall in love with him and then break her out. <laughs> so that's the, that's the play we're doing this summer. Uh, I personally have been with Savoyards for about four decades, approximately. <laughs> ah. uh, I started when I was just a young teenager working backstage. And what prompted your involvement? What got you started? Well, I mean, I was a theater kid, but it was like school theater. And so I had a friend who had suddenly discovered community theater, and they were looking for people to help move a set, which is, uh, you know, the scenery that you see on stage. And so uh, they just wanted hands. And so I came along, and I became utterly fascinated by the process of technical theater and how you create that illusion of, you know, a building or an environment um i just i just fell in love with it like almost immediately out of the gate um over the years i've acted i've sung i've directed i've been in management for the group and so i've done pretty much everything there is to do for savoyards um and so for this show i am the stage director uh for these we, we do these kind of off-season comedies so and that that's what i'm directing and this show is London Assurance. London Assurance. Several mm -hmm. performances. And the thing that interests me, I'm looking at the mm -hmm. website with uh, the names of the cast members, mm -hmm. plus the production staff. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the interesting things about things of, um, of this nature. So many other people are behind the scenes, mm -hmm. as you pointed out, as stage yep. director, stage mm -hmm. manager. and costume designer mm -hmm. and graphic designer and publicity and photographer. So many other people mm -hmm. are not uh, actually seen on stage, mm -hmm. but they're really crucial as part of the overall production. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the things I really love about Savoyards is the way that they allow creativity in their production staff. A lot of groups uh, I don't know about a lot, but 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 many groups. You, if you're, you know, say a set designer or something like that, you go to a meeting. You're told what to do, and you go and you execute what you're told to do, and that's fine for what it's worth. But it doesn't allow any real creative input. So for our show this time, uh, our our technical director is a guy who goes by his goes by the name Evil Jim. His name is Jim Ulrich. And uh, and he has designed a set uh, where the some of the characters in the play, and I'll talk about the play in a minute, but some of the characters in the play are hunters. And so he and his wife built cardboard and paper mache animal heads. Oh. 
There's a there's a a, a warthog. There's a bear. There's a rhinoceros. <laughs> there's a deer, and these are going to be mounted on the wall of this of this British country house because the guy is supposed to be a hunter. So they just had a grand old time. Yes, you know. And and does the script say that he has to have the stuff on the wall? It does not. But uh, but it's a it's a kind of fun and creative uh, thing that our you know our crew got to do uh, because of this little tiny piece of the plot. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the plot, the basic plot and how things unfold. <laughs> so I have a friend who's uh, also a local DJ who says that, that with very few changes, this could be a, a 1930s screwball comedy. He's like, this is the kind of thing where, you know, Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert are going to go off on a road trip. That kind of that kind of comedy. Um, and so it is set in 18. 18- 41, we've adjusted the date slightly to 1861 for a bunch of ridiculous reasons, mostly having to do with hoop skirts. <laughs> uh, our costumier was very excited about hoop skirts. Um, and so uh, it's uh, sort of a generational comedy. There's a man who's, he's older, he's like in his early 60s, and because of a weird fluke in a will, he has to marry a 19-year-old girl, and she has to marry him. And so he announces his engagement. Uh, he's also got a son who's 25. He was he was married when he was younger, so he has a son who's 25. And he thinks his son is this nice, religious, studious boy, but his son is actually out carousing every night. So when he asks, he asks his butler, you know, what time did he go to bed? The butler says 9.30, and the dad thinks it means 9.30 last night, and he means like 9.30 in the morning is <laughs> when the son actually goes to bed. <laughs> I love it. So uh, the son gets in some trouble with debt, uh, picks up a kind of a, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a uh, streetwise, let's go with, maybe criminal, but definitely streetwise friend. And because of his debts, they have to get out of town. And so they go down to the country. The dad, meanwhile, is going down to the country to meet this 19-year-old girl he's supposed to marry. And so they all meet up there, and the kid lies to his father and says he's somebody else. He gives him another name, and the dad's like, wow, that is a striking resemblance (laughs) that you have to my son. But he buys it completely. And so the girl falls in love, of course, with the son, and not with the dad, and then a lot of comedy ensues. They, uh, the maybe maybe one of the greatest characters in 19th century literature is in this play. Uh, she's a, a boisterous horsewoman, and they they use her. The, the the two guys use her to distract the dad, but her name is Lady Gay Spanker, and she's hilarious. <laughs> and Jessica Polis. Jessica Polis is Lady Gay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just looking at the cast. Yep. And uh, it's. It's so interesting just to, to glance, what are there, about a dozen characters yeah, or so? About, yeah, about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it's including, I'm sure, uh, faces that are familiar to people here in Binghamton. So many. Uh, the main character, this sort of deluded old older gentleman, uh, is played by Charles Berman. He's in a band around here called Peaches and Crime. They do a lot of like mystery dinners and things like that. He's one of their one of their chief writers. Um, Jessica Pullis performs with Savoyards, but she's also uh, one of the kind of guiding sort of sort of uh, long term members of the company that does the Christmas Carol at the Cider Mill. 
Um, and uh, John Montgomery had just did a show with, at the Mill. Uh, Nick Merrill, he is a young actor. He's worked with a lot of companies. I think his last show was um, The Prom for SRO. Uh, he also has a, uh, he's an extra in The Gilded Age. <laughs> you can see him at a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so most of the actors have contacts. One of the things I like about our off-season shows is we have contacts then with a lot of other theater companies. So people who aren't necessarily operetta people or musical people will come and do these shows and we just have a great time. It's very, very funny and we just enjoy ourselves immensely. Well, sounds like it will be fun. London Assurance, first performance coming up a week from tomorrow. That'll be March 9th. And there are also, uh, well, there are afternoon and evening performances mm -hmm. yep. over uh, a period of two weekends. Uh, yeah, so the first weekend we just have the Saturday afternoon and evening. And then the second week went, weekend, weekend we have the Friday afternoon, or Friday evening, Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening. These are at the Phelps Museum, which is 191 Court Street. Uh, it's handicapped accessible. We have uh, drinks and food available. Um, and it's just, it's just a really fun time. If people want to obtain tickets in advance, go to summersavoyards.org or you can go to the Phelps Museum website and they have a link directly to our website where you can buy tickets. Sounds like it'll be fun. Mary Donnelly, thanks for joining us. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. And again, the website, summersavoyards.org. Listening to News Radio WNBF, this is Bob Joseph. Binghamton Now. Nine fifty one WNBF live with Bob Joseph Binghamton now. Becky in Afton, you're on the air. Good morning, Bob. Regarding the St. Patrick's Day parade tomorrow on Core Street, it starts. Actually, it begins with a mass at St. Mary's Church, um, and they're going to parade around. It's at one o'clock, I guess, tomorrow. I just want to say, uh, people aren't aware of this. I mean, the parade is a good thing. Just go for the parade if you're going to go for the parade and enjoy that, but don't stick around because. A lot of people, uh, we're finding you now in the past years when we've gone, a lot of the college kids are in the community, and they always have been, and they just go to the bars and get drunk, and it's just not very pleasant and positive to manner. Uh, but I thought this year they weren't going to be drinking or smoking the weed. Well, the, if everybody's not aware from what I am aware of, a lot of these uh, judges own the bars in, right on the strip down there. Oh, well, then, then that's okay. I mean, it helps the economy. I hadn't thought about that. So if if people are patronizing the downtown establishments, that helps our economy. Well, the judges shouldn't be condoning such. Well, just because you're a judge doesn't mean you can't operate a, a good business and encourage people to have a great time. And poison your body? Hey, I don't encourage it. In fact, I discourage that kind of behavior. But I'm saying for those who make that choice, for adults over the age of 25, if you make a decision to drink responsibly, I think you should have a nice place to go. Over the age of what? 25 or 21? 25. What's the drinking age now? 25? I guess. I don't know. It doesn't affect me because I'm, I'm no longer in my 20s, so... 
I remember when I was when I was growing up. I think the drinking age was sixteen, and then they kept raising it, and which I never understood, but it it didn't bother me because every time they changed it, I was already older than the new age. So I I don't care if they raise the age to forty right now. And then, uh, then New York State passes the law where everybody can smoke marijuana and fry your brain, and that's what it clearly does. It fries your brain. Who wants to be around that type of atmosphere? So I just wanted everybody hearing this to know that the judges condone this, and New York State condones the frying of your well, brain. Well, as long as it's legal. You know, New York State condones people drinking, uh, people smoking the weeds, and people gambling. As long as it brings in the revenue for state coffers, it's okay. That's right. It's all about the money. Yeah. But. Yeah. I mean, that's why at the end of the commercials, whether it's for betting or weed or alcohol, they usually say, uh, do this responsibly. Right. So just everybody know, enjoy the day and just go to the parade and don't support all the other negative. All right. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, no matter what you do, do so responsibly. I think that's the key. Be responsible no matter if you're five or 25 or 105, be responsible. Don't do anything wild and wacky. Bob Joseph serving you Binghamton Now on WNBF. The St. Patrick's Day Parade is Saturday, March 2nd. It's one of the largest community events of the year in the Southern Tier and organized by the Ancient Order of Hibernians Parade Committee of Broome County. The day begins with Mass at 11.30 at St. Mary the Assumption Church on Court and Fayette Streets, and the parade begins right there at 1.30. Enjoy pipe bands, so many floats from our community, Irish dance groups, bring your family and friends and celebrate the parade. In support of the St. Patrick's Day Parade, Gallagher Baker Attorneys at Law, the Thomas J. Shea Funeral Home, Loppy Rock Products and ZMK Construction, Grill Steam Carpet Cleaning, Overhead Door Company of Binghamton, and Town Square Media of Binghamton. The St. Patrick's Day Parade, Saturday, March 2nd in downtown Binghamton, presented and organized by the Ancient Order of Hibernians in Broome County. Come and enjoy the St. Patrick's Day Parade, Saturday, March 2nd. Fifty-eight WNBF Live with Bob Joseph. We welcome you to our broadcast. Hope you're having uh, a great time. I know I am. And of course, we welcome Kathy Hochul, as uh, anticipated. Here she is in Broome County. Yep. <laughs> with another one of her secret missions spaces. This is how you get the quality of life. Yes, it's our buildings, it's the charm, it's the character. This is Kathy Hochul speaking from an undisclosed location in Vestal, New York. You just relax and recharge your soul. And our $400,000 investment to support the Harriet Tubman Freedom Trail project right here at Binghamton University is going to be an important part of that. And I know you're celebrating the completion around uh, Harriet Tubman Day. Are we on schedule for that? I always want to... Okay, okay, just making sure. Just... Uh, all right, Harry, I'm coming. She always goes to locations sure. where the average <laughs> person cannot attend. Uh, but I will, get, I will digress because I often do. It's why my speeches get pretty long, but that's all right. Um, Harriet Tubman. Sadly, that's all the time we have for Governor Hochul and her 
lively message to all New Yorkers from somewhere in Vestal, New York, at a secure location, because she doesn't want to deal with you. 10 o'clock, WNBF. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Today will be sunny, high near 49. Increasing clouds tonight, chance of rain, low around 34. Rain on Saturday, high near 46. Sunday, partly sunny with a high near 61. Morning commutes on a New York City subway line were severely delayed Thursday after a train conductor was slashed in the neck with transit officials blaming union members for disrupting service as they demanded safer working conditions. The attack on the conductor happened at around 3.40 a.m. Thursday as an A-train was pulling into a station in Brooklyn. Commuters on the line awoke to major delays during the morning rush. Richard Davey, president of the New York City Transit Authority, said there was evidence union officials blocked the trains as they pushed for safer working conditions. But a spokesperson for the union said workers reported for work as usual Thursday, but remained on standby in the hours after the attack until they received safety assurances from management. The Wise Market Store at 307 Conklin Avenue was scheduled to open to close on Saturday. The 52 full and part-time employees of the Conklin Avenue unit were told on February 1st that the store would be shut down in about a month. Wise Market officials did not explain why the decision was made to close the supermarket. A brief statement released by a public relations firm said the move came after careful consideration and review. Mayor Jared Cram told WNBF News he was frustrated when Wise announced the plan closing because he had contacted the company not long ago to discuss the store's future. Cram said the goal now is to replace the store with a high-quality grocer that is full service, but he suggested that could be challenging given trends in the industry to locate supermarkets in high-traffic areas. Search warrant filings for the Pennsylvania home where a pregnant Amish woman was killed this week say she appeared to have suffered cutting wounds to her neck and head. The body of 23-year-old Rebecca Byler was found in the living room of her home by her husband and a family friend. Police say the friend called 911 to report that she and Andy Byler found her unresponsive shortly after noon on Monday in the house a few miles outside of Spartansburg. A state police spokeswoman says they have an idea what the murder weapon was, but don't have it in their possession. Two individuals wanted by the Broome County Sheriff's Office were taken into custody on Thursday in Owego in Florida. Veronica Mitchell of Endicott was located at a residence on Day Hollow Road in the town of Owego. She was found at the residence hiding in a storage room, arrested and transported to the Broome County Correctional Facility. Mitchell was wanted regarding felony drug and weapons possessions charges and was additionally charged with resisting arrest and obstructing governmental administration in the second degree. And Suli Kamara of Binghamton, Broome County's number three most wanted, was arrested yesterday in Orlando, Florida. He was being sought after by the Binghamton City Police Department for the shooting of Lamont Weaver on June 17, 2023. 
Also wanted on an outstanding warrant for criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree. Kamara was quickly added to the United States Marshals Regional Fugitive Task Force open cases and an investigation began into his whereabouts. The Broome County Sheriff's Office Warrants Division was able to determine that Suley had fled New York State and tracked him down to Orlando, Florida. Between bridge and tunnel tolls and parking fees, it can already cost a mint to drive a car into Manhattan. Is forking over another $15 enough to get people out of the cars and into mass transit? That's the hope among some New York officials. The Big Apple is close to implementing a plan that would use license plate readers to turn all of Manhattan south of Central Park into one giant toll zone. If the plan is finalized, New York would become the first U.S. city to join a handful of others globally with similar congestion pricing schemes, including London, Stockholm, Milan, and Singapore. After hosting a series of private events and holiday gatherings, Station 45 American Chop House, located in the Lackawanna train station on Lewis Street, has started taking dinner reservations. The restaurant quietly began serving dinner about two weeks ago to get the staff acclimated to the new operation. The restaurant is located in the renovated waiting room and ticketing area of the former train station. The owner is working to gradually move forward with dinner service to enable the Station 45 staff to pay attention to detail in serving guests. Years were spent preparing the former train station for the new restaurant. Workers began clearing out an unused section of the building about four years ago to set the stage for a massive renovation project. Although many of the historic details of the train station have been retained, plenty of excavation work was performed inside to prepare the place for a modern upscale restaurant operation. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. Binghamton now continues on a Friday morning. More phone calls. 607-772-1290. What's on your mind? Do you have local issues that concern you? Well, maybe they're of concern to your friends and neighbors. Call in. Run it up the flagpole. 607-772-1290. News Radio, WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. Stay connected using the free WNBF app. And again, we welcome Governor Kathy Hochul, now speaking at a secure facility in Vestal, New York. When is the last time she actually took a moment to meet the average person on the streets of Binghamton? Johnson City or Endicott. And I thank the county executive for putting a spotlight on this as well, and our mayor. I mean, thank you. Thank you for talking about this. And when you think about this, it's shocking to me that before last year, nobody in the state of New York was talking about the housing. She's talking about the housing. And of course, 
every time the governor comes to town, every elected official, except for people who are not on the nice list, if you wind up on the naughty list, you don't get invited. Every elected official and every journalist, if you're on the nice list, you get invited. And if you're on the naughty list, you're not welcome. 1,500 down about 200 in a short time. How are we doing with that? How are you doing with that? Kathy Hochul, speaking from a secure facility in Vestal, New York. So she will not come in contact with any average New Yorker. She will not, I stress, she will not stop by a radio studio between now and noon and she will not take any of your phone calls. She is not interested in answering a few questions from you. As I pointed out, when was it, a year or so ago, she shows up on Court Street to visit the brand new weed shack for a photo op to encourage New Yorkers to start smoking more weed. At the same time this radio program was on, where she could have stopped in and taken, taken some calls from average listeners... But she didn't have time for that. She had time to do her wonderful weed promotion. So, obviously, if you're Kathy Hochul, you prioritize. You like to encourage New Yorkers to smoke weed, and you like to encourage New Yorkers to spend a lot of money for a new football stadium for a couple of billionaires who don't even live in New York State most of the time. I said, you can come... But you need to go over here, and you look, need to look like the community. Well, what do you mean, the community? Anyway, we'll keep an eye on that. Again, the Honorable Kathy Hochul is speaking right now at a secure facility in Vestal. Don't bother trying to get there because you, as a New York taxpayer, are not welcome. You pay for the venue. You pay for her to fly around the state in a very, very, very expensive state police helicopter. And you're not welcome. Wait, let's see. She's saying something important here. Go through. I get all that. All right. Obviously not. 1013 News Radio, WNBF. Taking a look at WNBF.com, one of the more interesting websites for people in the Binghamton area. We did post a story... Basically, sort of a look back at the last six decades of the neighborhood grocery store on Conklin Avenue, 307 Conklin Avenue. And in about 24 hours, the place is going to shut down. There's not much left at the place. I guess the shelves are essentially bare. But if you want to see more about the history of that location, how it all got started 60 years ago in 1964 as the giant market. Take a look at the story on our website, WNBF.com. And we will kind of keep an eye on the future of that location as well. So we wish the people who are currently working as at the Wise Story wish them well, as uh, I think many of them are going to go to work at other Wise locations around here. It's 1014 WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hi, good morning, Bob. Dave from Oweagle. How are you? Good. What's up? Hey, can we uh, not waste one more minute or waste anything? Uh, 
We have, we have trouble. Again. We have trouble with your audio. You said, "Can we not waste one more minute?" And then you, your call dropped out. So, can we not waste one more minute on what? On 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 Kathy. There's no reason for it. I mean, she's not going to give you the time of day nor us. Why even waste your breath? Your show is more important than Kathy. Well, I agree, but I, in the interest of fairness to at least acknowledge that she showed up in Broome County. I, I thought it would be important for people to know since she keeps her schedule secret. She doesn't announce her schedule until um, a short time before because she doesn't want the average New Yorker to know where she's going. So at least when she finally shows up, it's worth acknowledging that she is in Broome County, but as usual, she doesn't want to deal with anybody in Owego or Binghamton. Yeah, she's in. Uh, she's in the. She's in Broom uh, for totally uh, all the wrong reasons. So, well, for self-serving reasons, she wants to exactly. promote herself and thank other government officials. She doesn't. She doesn't spend much time thanking good people like the citizens of Tioga County for the hard work they do, or the citizens of Broome County for the hard work they do. She spends most of her time thanking New York State employees and other elected officials and she she really doesn't appear to care much about the average new yorker she's more she's insulated i think that's that's clear positively she doesn't care about the number one rated talk show in the tri-cities area and the number one rated talk show host i wouldn't give her the time of day have a good day bob thank you but, uh, i think that's good advice Ten seventeen, governor who Kathy, what? Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? This is Governor Noonsom. Governor who? Governor I like, Noonsom. I, I would love, you know, I have a better chance of getting Gavin Newsom on the program than you know who. Well, apparently you didn't watch the clips of the border thing today because... No, I, why am I going to watch... And by the way, just in the interest of transparency, this sounds like Matt Ryan, former Binghamton mayor. Well, this is Governor Noon. <laughs> so anyway, what's uh, what happened with Governor Newsom? Well, he wasn't there, but Joe Biden was and Donald Trump was in two different locations yesterday at the border. And if you run them side by side and try to say that Joe Biden doesn't know what's going on and and I mean, it was embarrassing. Donald Trump was reading from a paper. He he didn't know Governor Newsom's last name. He, he mispronounced it twice. And, and it was just a rambling, idiotic thing about the Biden crime family and how he was the greatest thing since sliced bread at the border. Whereas Joe Biden was saying, Mr. Trump, meet me on this. Let's get this done. We have a bipartisan bill. And let's get it done for the American people. That's the kind of leadership we need. So there, that's one issue. And then the other issue is just go look at those two, two uh, news or clips side by side, and you'll see um, how who's really with it and who's not. And it's well, we know that. There's, that's not a bulletin. All of our listeners know who's really with it and who's not. Our listeners are very <laughs> astute. Yeah, right. Uh, well, I think they're very astute at watching, um, watching one source and, and not ever seeing 
what Donald Trump is really like. I mean, he was he he couldn't even put together two sentences, and that and and Joe Biden was acting like a leader and trying to say, "Meet me on this, uh, Mr. Former President, Mr. Trump. Let's get this done for the people. We're we're not red states. We're not blue states. We're state United States of America, which obviously." Um, borrowed that from uh, from a former president, but he, um, you know, he was acting like a leader. And by the way, all the border security um, people, the unions down there are supporting the compromise they came up with. So why wouldn't we do it unless certain person only wants to make it a campaign issue? I think it's gonna- this is a Joe Biden invasion. This is a Biden invasion over the past three years. He said it's a Biden invasion over the past three years. That's what he said. Yeah, well, by the way, when under, look, it's a fluid situation. Under under uh, Barack Obama and Joe Biden was vice president, we had the lowest border crossings in, in, in for a long, long time. And then they went up a lot because, and that was under actually under Donald Trump. They went sky high and then he, said they were he's going to build a wall and make Mexico pay for it, didn't deliver on any of those promises. And now, you know, because of things going on in the world environmentally and, and, in, and, and, in countries where, you know, they can't bring up a kid without them being forced to be in a gang. There's a lot of people when mothers bring their children here mostly, and they want to, you know, trying to find a better life and trying to escape all sorts of things that, us as privileged Americans don't even ever think about. So, you know, that's the deal. And the other thing is the transcripts released of Hunter Biden's uh, in-person interview yesterday, even the MAGA Republicans were saying the transcripts were going to be a good read for those who uh, think this whole uh, Joe Biden impeachment inquiry is a joke. And even they even said that on Newsmax and Fox News. So all these things are falling apart. The Republicans have nothing to offer if they don't have the border. And that's falling apart because everybody knows that the Republicans and very conservative Republican senators were all on board saying this is the best deal we're ever going to get for, for border security. And Joe Biden went against a lot of people in his own party to put together a bipartisan bill. That's what leadership's about. That's how we're going to get things done that really affect the border and other important issues in the country. So uh, let's let's you know let's face the reality and get on get on with our lives and elect uh, reelect Joe Biden. Yes, he's old, but uh, there's been a lot of programs on about recently about what it means to miss a few lines as you get older, forget ter- certain things. And what what that really means? Obviously, if you have dementia, true dementia, you can we're going to be able to tell that. But if you're for just well, clearly, I mean, I listened to Biden yesterday, and here's a bit of what I heard. This is just a, a clip from our big stack of stuff. It's time to step up. It's time to step up. Provide them with significantly more personnel and capability. We also need more immigration judges. Help handle the backlog. There are two million cases. See what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. He has solutions. And now yeah, he he's delivering solutions. solutions and not trying to be some sort of incendiary troublemaker. Right. 
And, and that's, you know, that's, I think that's all like people think that we hate them because we don't like this guy. We are, most of the people I talk to are terrified of what this guy would mean to the, the the current future or, you know, the near future of the United States. Well, and what if he becomes a dictator? Exactly. And, and That's he, my concern. He already said that he would be a dictator on day one. Well, then what about day 10? What about day 1,000? You see what I'm saying? Well, if you're really paying attention, there's all sorts of indications of exactly what he wants to do. Last time he had, when he first got in there, he didn't know what the hell he was doing. And he and just had people helping him appoint people. Now he knows the people he doesn't want to appoint wants to appoint the people that he knows will do anything he says. They're going to dismantle the federal um, civil service. They're going to put in people just like uh, Orban is in Hungary. Uh, they're going to, uh, like he dismantled the civil service there. He's going to make Mr. Pell, Mr. Pillow. Mr. Pillow is going to be the uh, education secretary. Don't, don't be surprised. <laughs> I'm kidding. Kidding. I'm just having well, some not, fun. I, everybody loves Mr. Pillow. Maybe he'll be the, uh, maybe he'll start a commission on better sleep for Americans. How about this? When you order from Mr. Pillow today only, use uh, pillow code Bob for uh, deep discounts. <laughs> Can you imagine? Right. Suddenly, <laughs> suddenly Mr. Pillow is uh, advertising on the program and you know, if you use Bob 75, you get 75% off all your pillow needs. I hope you get over your cold. Have a Thanks. <laughs> Mr. Pillow, use code Bob 75 for all your pillow needs. Good morning, America. 607-772-1290. You're listening to Binghamton Now. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We sell the ultimate driving machine at Galt BMW. WNBF. Airport Road, Bob from the town of Maine. Good morning, you're on the air. Hey, good morning, Bob. How are you? Great. Lots happening in uh, the Binghamton area. Hope more people would get out and talk about it, uh, especially the politics. Uh, um, we need to straighten out the people in this area before we worry about the national program. But um, I sent you a couple articles this morning on your uh, um, email. I don't know if you've looked at them yet. The IDA has sent letters to the DEC in Syracuse stating that there may be some significant 
environmental issues with the proposed property for the corporate park. I don't know. Did you see that? I sent it in. Well, I saw that you sent it. So what would be the uh, adverse impact? Well, just what we've been talking about for over a year now. I mean, the apple orchard, the original apple orchard was closed because of the contamination of chemicals in the soil. Um, the, the dump that's on the uh, airport roadside has been cited by DEC a number of times. Over the yeah, years. but those things already exist. Correct, and they haven't even started researching that, that property. So I think it's funny that they're going to continue to try to go forward with this project, yet they're already admitting that there's significant environmental issues that may be on that property. So what's the deal? There's no paperwork. There's no project. What? Does anybody know? <laughs> I'm trying to be funny, Bob. Well, nobody knows. <laughs> no, that's the whole problem. You're, you're going to find out when they start the construction. Then you'll know. Or maybe when it's done. Maybe they'll have a ribbon cutting and they'll invite you. Well, I hope so. So listen, spring's coming. Um, the show, another good week uh, on your program. I appreciate what you do, Bob. Really, too many right. people don't understand how important your job and your show is in this area. Well, thank you for your continued support and Keep me posted by what's going on with this uh, this project. Uh, I was surprised to see that story on Action News. Um, yeah, me too. But we'll keep talking about it, and we'll keep working to kill this project and see if we can come back to our neighborhoods and enjoy our quality of life. All right. Hope you have a good weekend. Hey, you too. Don't, uh, don't smoke too much pot or drink too much beer tomorrow downtown. I'll be responsible. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, at the same time, while trying to uh, provide sufficient revenue for New York State tax coffers so they can continue to provide fine programs to help incumbents get reelected. Rob from Port Crane. Good morning. You're on the air. Hey, Bob. Just hanging out here fishing, listening to you guys. And I always get a kick out of listening to Matt Ryan. You know, he said, "In uh, what what was that? Oh, that the uh, illegals increased under Trump. Give me a break. You know, the other thing you said was, uh, our listeners aren't stupid.' He goes, "Yeah, right." And he does. He that 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 reminds me of a conversation you and I had a while back about these people that call themselves our our leaders or the elite. You know, they're neither of those things, and they look down on all of us. They think we're all stupid. Well, Matt. We're not stupid. We see what Biden's doing with the open border. He's destroying this country. That's on you. That's on your Democrats. That's on everybody that's pushed that old fart into office. You're all guilty. That's the way I feel. All right. You, Bob? Well, I mean, what is the question? Do you still feel we should let them all in? Yeah, absolutely. Good. How about the one from Venezuela, the New York release that killed that girl in Georgia? No, no, not him. No. No. Are you nuts? Don't let him in. Oh, come on, man. I don't want homicidal maniacs in this country. We have enough of our own. Don't let in people with homicidal tendencies. Oh, come on, man. Roger from Choconut. Good morning. Boy, interesting show today, Bob. Isn't it, though? Show. It's one of the best of the week. 
Um, I would just like to comment on Mr. Ryan's border comments that uh, at the end of 2020, Trump had built 400 miles of wall, was building more. Mexico deployed 28,000 troops on their side of the border to stop the flow of illegals into the United States, and they were vetted. And Joe Biden, if I recall correctly, did uh, 42 executive orders to completely undo everything that Trump managed to get done. So uh, this blaming everything on the Republicans is crap. And uh, the Republicans came up with a bill, I believe it was H.R. 2 or H.R. 8, which was strong border control, sending people back and vetting them and like that. And the president of the Senate or whoever was in charge of the Senate wouldn't even allow it to come to the floor. So these people that call up and blame it all on Republicans are full of crap. And I just wanted to make remind people of that. All right. Well, I'm glad you were able to call in. Hope you have a good weekend. You too, Bob. Take care. 1034 WNBF. Becky from Shenango Forks. Good morning. Morning, Bob. Why is our Kathy Horchel here in Vestal on the Hill? Who knows? Who knows? I think she's just trying to thumb her nose at you. I think she came to Broome County to thumb her gubernatorial nose at everybody who lives here because she... She thinks she she can slither in to Broome County and go to a state-provided facility. So that means you and all of our listeners don't even have a chance to get in there because nobody's allowed in to even see her. She's She is sort of like New York royalty. We are not. We are not to have any contact with our leader. Yeah, she stays real low profile. She never, when's the last time, seriously, Becky, when's the last time you saw Kathy Hochul have any interaction with the average New Yorker? She doesn't, and then that says a lot about her. You know what? I think she's afraid. I think she's afraid of you, Becky. She's afraid of Rob from Port Crane. She's afraid of Roger from Choconut. She's afraid of Airport Road Bob. She's afraid of Matt from Binghamton. She's afraid of Dave from Owego. She's afraid of Vic from the Forks, and certainly she's really afraid of John from Binghamton. She's even afraid of Beverly from the town of Dickinson. She is afraid of the average New Yorker. I don't think she's going to be getting many votes from many people because... Um... Well, she'll get lots of votes from downstate residents because they love her. She thinks she's too good for uh, middle. Yeah, well, she's the thing is, she claims to be from a place called Hamburg. Well, maybe she was, but since she became governor, she's behaving more as though she's somebody from Queens, if you know who I mean. Yeah, well, I think she smoked some good ganja, and she's up there on Murray Hill and Bustle signing out orders. Oh, yeah. Now they're, that's probably what they're doing there, is taking, taking time sampling government's government-sponsored weed. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I appreciate your call. Sorry you have to be subjected to uh, a governor who won't come to the radio studio to answer a few questions. Although we're on till noon, so I think she's done over on Murray Hill Road. I think it's time for her to Drive over to Court Street in Binghamton. Come on into the studio. Come on down. 
Come on down, Governor Hochul, and answer a few questions from average listeners. Let them know that you're concerned about what's important to them. That, that would be important symbolically for a governor spontaneously to show up in a radio studio and take phone calls from average New Yorkers. Morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hi, Bob. This is Bonnie from the uh, south side of Binghamton. Welcome to the program. Oh, you, thank you. Um, I, I found that today's um, picking, I'm going to say picking, it's the wrong word, but the discussion we're having on Kathy Hochul to be kind of um, strange because we have a lot of politicians that are on your show that I can't reach. So let me give you an example. Cram. I mean, I can't call your show and get a hold of Cram. In fact, I can't call his office and get a hold of Cram either. Um, and nor does he respond to emails from the public. So I don't understand why it's a big deal with Kathy Hochul, because I can actually send her an email and she'll respond, or her office will. Well, yes, her office will respond. She has dozens of people in her office that you pay for to respond on her behalf. But you can bet that she personally will not respond to your email. Oh, well, I don't get anything from local politicians. Right, because they, because they don't have the same kind of staff. Kathy Hochul has a big staff of people to respond to emails you know, and phone calls. I, I don't buy that. She has a much bigger population that she has to manage across the state. Here in Broome, or not Broome County, I'm going to pick on the city, we have, what, 40,000 people. He's got... Um, the deputy mayor, he's got administrative assistants sitting in that office, and you still cannot get a response from the mayor. I don't care if it's from the deputy mayor. I don't care if it's from a, his administrative assistant or one of his chiefs. You cannot, nor can you, um, get a response from him. You said that a couple times. If you went over there, you would not be able to get a response. I'd love to ask him some questions. When can I ask him questions? Now, Rich David, I used to be able to ask questions, and we could move forward as a city. And so I could talk to him or ask him questions on your show. But I can't ask today anybody. So why would I ever expect that I should be able to get a, requ a question asked of Kathy Hochul? No, that's true. She Definitely she won't. But the reason I brought it up today is she has an opportunity to shock us all. And yes, I would be shocked if she came in and said, hey, Mr. Big Guy, give me some headphones so I could answer questions from your listeners. You, I, she could say, and she could, she won't, but she could say, because she's just a person like you and I. There's nothing that precludes her. Instead of going directly from Murray Hill Road back to Albany or back to Hamburg, wherever she's going to head for the, the weekend, there's nothing that keeps her from saying, you know what? She could tell the trooper in charge of her security detail. Let's call his bluff. Let's go over there to Court Street and we'll show up. I'll answer his questions, and I'll answer a few questions from his listeners, and maybe that will, will keep him from 
talking this way. You're right. Every elected official ought to be taking questions. Every elected official, every mayor, every county executive, every governor, even presidents. There was a time when you might remember President Jimmy Carter took questions from the American people. Okay, well, that was number one. Number two, I want to talk about this constant repeating of the border. So um, the constant discussion on the border, I've said this before, Republicans have been in office for four years. They had, they had a Senate and they had a House. And under Trump, we did nothing, absolutely nothing to do anything towards the border. And now, on top of that, the one bill that would have moved us forward from a border perspective has been shot down by the Republicans. So, you guys, stop your whining, because that's all it is. It's not an issue, because you choose to do nothing, absolutely nothing, to move this forward. And the gentleman that called about the 400 miles of wall has to realize that the majority of that, 300 and some of that, was just to fix the existing wall. It was not new wall. Plus, Mexico never paid for the stuff that was done. You're right. All of that stuff never, all his lip service never changed a thing. Nothing. All right, so I hear you. My, my request going forward is that all the politicians coming onto this show be opened up so that I can ask a question or help solve the problems that we have in politics. But I need to have that opened up so I can do that. Well, I, I agree. It's a great idea. So we'll, we'll see if that can happen. Okay, thank you. Okay, thanks. Hey, you never know. I see no reason. I see no reason why the people who come on this program, if they're an elected official, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they want to answer? I'm surprised they don't come in demanding. Although that would be a little over the top. Bob, I demand, I demand that you let me take calls from listeners so I can speak directly with my constituents. But they could ask politely, Bob, please May I take a couple of calls from average listeners to see what they have to say? I think that's a good idea. 1043 WNBF, Binghamton Now, serving America with a microphone and a telephone and a host who cares. Joseph, planning my post-parade antics. Yeah, the parade will be fun, but tomorrow night will be more fun. Celebrate responsibly. Oh, 
Bob Joseph with his post parade antics. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait. James from Binghamton, you're on the air. Hey, Bob, how you doing? By the way, it's not just students. I've been in enough parade days, pre and post events, in many a church hall, in, in, in many of bars. And it's not, come on. Every, no, I know, it's everyone. Age, okay. ages, it's not, ages 12 through 112. The students already, they're still getting sobered up from Santa Con anyway. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, that's, that's why, they, that's why they, they, need, they need several weeks between Santa Con and Parade Day so they can get their bearings. No joke, I'm putting the finishing touches on a, a corned beef uh, slow cooker right now. I'm excited for that for lunch. Uh, that'll be good. But uh, I wanted to call up and talk about, because uh, sometimes a caller will say something and it'll cause me to go research some things. And, and Vic brought up, okay, unemployment money for illegals, you know. Um, and I was like, okay, what is this uh, all about? So I went and uh, started just doing some research, and it turns out, <clears throat> and, and again, now he brought up Newsmax, which, as you noted, is, is quite right-wing. I will admit it's probably the most straight-laced of the right-wing uh, news outlets. But um, apparently we have something in New York, and we have had since the – a pandemic called the Unemployment Bridge Program. And I'm looking at an article, so I will cite my work, Spectrum News 1. This is dated Feb 26th by Kate Lisa. Um, New York polls, that's a fun word to say, polls revive budget fight to provide unemployment for excluded workers. And so, yeah, you've got some clickbaity stuff because it might include uh, undocumented immigrants, but it turns out uh, there are a lot of people who end up uh, uh, excluded from unemployment, and it could even be people who are in who are here, you know, lawfully as immigrants, but are still in process. Uh, it could also include freelance workers and people. I'm looking here, formerly incarcerated people and others. And so, listen, if you want, and also it's interesting that it, they say that the funding, a lot of it, they're proposing a new tax because it's New York it's a tax, but this would be a a, a nominal tax on digital advertising from national or multinational companies like Google and Amazon and stuff uh, who buy a lot of locally targeted digital ads and, and don't pay any local like taxes on that. So that's, that's interesting. I would say everyone should go look up this article and research it. Uh, the, you know, and every one of these always has, here's the individual who's affected by this and, and blah, blah, blah. And this individual is from Chatham, New York. Um, and if anybody knows New York geography, Chatham is not like the middle of New York City. It's the middle of nowhere um, <laughs> at the top of the um, uh, 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 Taconic, I think. But anyway, my point is there's a little bit more substance to that than, 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 than Dick makes it, makes it sound. And I'd also just philosophically speak, and I find it funny that he would launch into that after saying, but we've got so many unhoused in this state. Why are we spending money on that? And my retort to that would be is it doesn't matter if they're uh, a, a, a citizen in process, under the radar, a freelancer, whatever they are, uh, you know, uh, the ability to have like at least temporal uh, unemployment relief and assistance is literally a stopgap to prevent unhousedness. So, like, what are you even talking about? So 
Um, I, I wonder if that's where it crosses into the fact that it may not be a good faith argument, because a lot of the people I hear now saying things like, how dare we spend money in Ukraine or how dare we spend money in illegals? We have people who are needy right here at home. And like, yeah, but your party for my entire life has been saying we need to stop spending money on human services because it only makes you lazy, you know. And so, like, I'm not I'm not quite sure if that's a good faith argument. Now, I'm not quite sure where I land on this bill yet. I'm still looking at it and researching it. But there's a whole lot more than just uh, illegals to it. There, there's people that could be anyone who's a freelancer. That could be Oh, yeah. It could be some of our listeners. Of it could be some of yeah. the Binghamton Now listening audience. Yeah. And, and again, again, if there's an issue with getting people processed through immigration and presenting for asylum at the border, they are not the victim. I mean, they're not the guilty. They're not criminals. These are people who are who are themselves victims of our inability to get off our patootie and do what's necessary to get these things processed. All right. Like what we want to wave around the Monroe Doctrine, except for when we got to eat it. You know, it's like, yeah. OK, well, yeah. I know. I know what you're saying. Well, I appreciate your call. You're going to do uh, anything I, uh, at the. Oh, well, what, what else were you going to oh, say? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think I'll be at the parade this weekend. Mm. Um, uh, not not in protest or anything. Just don't think I'm going to make it. Uh, but. Uh, the event that I think Kathy Hochul is here for, and it's fun to have her uh, a fun at, like politicians not making themselves available, and we should. Uh, but the event itself, it sounds like, is for the commemorating, and I believe they're unveiling the winning sculpture today for the uh, Harriet Tubman Freedom Trail project that's been ongoing the last couple of years through Binghamton University with state and grant funds. Oh, well, if that's the case, I had no idea. If that's the case, then I, I'm all for it. She. Well, she, you put her on the air for five seconds, and the first words of her mouth were like, oh, Harriet Tubman. Yeah, but I blog. I know. I just thought she was just <clears throat> talking about something that was discussed previously. I didn't know that oh, this may, was a— maybe it, maybe it was. Yeah. I, I know there's another event for that for that project coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, I'll right. I'll be there with a the camera. But uh, it, uh, if anybody's unaware of what that project is, it's a really good one to, to dig into, uh, especially given this area's legacy and the history of the Underground Railroad. Um, and 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 helping those from the South escape to to freedom along the way. In okay, area. well, if that's what it's about, then then put me under the the, the heading all in favor. So uh, I'll find out more about what she actually is announcing, and then I'll be able to uh, provide a, a better perspective. Because if that's the case, then I am one hundred percent behind her. So, uh, so thank you, James. It, 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 be, it would be nice if she did like say like oh guess what I'll be in town today and we'll have a separate press conference for questions from the press uh, that you yeah that would that be nice be a thing that would happen that'd be funny yeah, but have a great weekend Are you going to the parade um probably you gonna be in a car you gonna be like waving throwing candy well I definitely won't be throwing candy that I draw the line at throwing candy I I think that should be banned at the Met State or at the Rumble Ponies you know how like in like the Washington Nationals, they've got like those giant president mascots, <laughs> yes. giant heads. Yeah, they should, you should do, the NBF should get that for like uh, giant heads of like you <laughs> and, uh, and and all the, and yeah, yes, but it should just be you in it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. Thanks for the nightmarish scenario. Yipes. Carol from Johnson City, you're on the air. Oh, uh, good morning. Uh, I always like when James calls. I, I like to listen to the things he says. I hope he's listening now. I think I met him. Uh, he, I think he recognized my voice or something at the Floral Avenue Diner over a year ago, and we had a we chatted for a while. Uh, anyway, he had some. I always has some very nice things to say. But why I'm really calling is to commend uh, 
Airport Bob for his courage uh, in doing what he's doing and his time spent. Uh, and I'm telling you, at the uh, Town of Union meeting Wednesday, uh, I wish, I mean, I think they record it. So, and I don't know if there's podcasts, whatever it is that they do that people can hear what uh, he said. But uh, he, he was very uh, mindful and sincere and very, very thought-provoking about all the, the sincerity was, it was coming from his heart, the things that he said, I'm telling you, uh, he, he knows what he's talking about. He gave, you know, statistics and, uh, you know, about who is for it. Every time it's been presented somewhere, it gets voted down. And I think it's only been a few times, but uh, I don't want to say anything about the agency uh, because uh, those people like to hear themselves talk and they and uh, they just go around in circles sometimes. But one interesting thing that uh, Airport Bob did was bring a map, uh, a, a very big map, uh, that was, uh, imagine like an old slate blackboard in school, like a section. It was bigger than that. And we, uh, after the meeting, I, I wanted to, to look at some of the, you know, surrounding roads. And that parcel of land, which was very interesting when I looked at it, that is not one big parcel of land. There's different sections. There's one that's uh, like 14, not 14, uh, this is acres, 14.5 uh, 199, uh, 129, uh, and I can't remember some of the other numbers, but it totaled up somewhere between five and 600. And I just thought it was very strange with all those different parcels, and they were sort of like almost in a square, but some other piece was like, in, like a, uh, if you look at a clock, like about northeast, like one between, about one, two o'clock, it seemed to like cut in like with someone else's property. I, I can't remember for sure, but um, I, I maybe he could, I don't want to say the guy who owns it. I mean, it's kind yeah, of, don't, yeah, don't talk about people who own it. Anyway, appreciate your call. Hope you have a good weekend. Coming up next, more calls, the final hour of the week on WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Sunny today, high near 49. Increasing clouds tonight with a chance of rain, low around 34. Rain on Saturday, high near 46. Partly sunny on Sunday, high near 61. Two individuals wanted by the Broome County Sheriff's Office were taken into custody on Thursday in Owego and Florida. Veronica Mitchell of Endicott was located at a residence on Day Hollow Road in the town of Owego. She was found at the residence hiding in a storage room, arrested, and transported to the Broome County Correctional Facility. Mitchell was wanted regarding felony drug and weapon ch possession charges and was additionally charged with resisting arrest and obstructing governmental administration in the second degree. Suli Kamara of Binghamton, Broome County's number three most wanted, was arrested yesterday in Orlando, Florida. 
He was being sought after by the Binghamton City Police Department for the shooting of Lamont Weaver on June 17th of 2023. Also wanted on an outstanding warrant for criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree. Kamara was quickly added to the United States Marshals Regional Fugitive Task Force open cases and an investigation began into his whereabouts. The Broome County Sheriff's Office Warrants Division was able to determine that Suley had fled New York State and tracked him down in Orlando. Information was then sent to the Marshals Regional Fugitive Task Force in Florida where they were able to locate him and arrest him on Thursday. The Wise Markets store at 307 Conklin Avenue is scheduled to close on Saturday. The 52 full and part-time employees of the Conklin Avenue unit were told on February 1st that the store would be shut down in about a month. Wise Markets officials have not explained why the decision was made to close the supermarket. A brief statement released by a public relations firm said the move came after careful consideration and review. Mayor Jared Cram told WNBF News he was frustrated when Wise announced the plan closing because he had contacted the company not long ago to discuss the store's future. Cram said the goal now is to replace the store with a high-quality grocer that is full service, but he suggested, suggested that could be challenging, giving trends in the industry to locate supermarkets in high-traffic areas. The Conklin Avenue property is owned by the Binghamton Giant Markets. Company representative Philip Akel on Thursday declined to comment about possible future tenants at that site. A man who fatally shot a 20-year-old woman when the SUV she was riding in mistakenly pulled into his rural driveway could face decades in prison and his sentencing. 66-year-old Kevin Monahan of Huron, New York, faces a maximum sentence of 25 years to life for second-degree murder on Friday. He was convicted in January for killing Kaylin Gillis last April. She was riding in a caravan of two cars and a motorcycle that pulled into Monaghan's long, winding driveway while her friends were looking for another person's house. Monaghan said the gun went off by accident and he thought his home was under siege by intruders. The Broome County Executive's Office has announced that applications are now being accepted for the seventh round of Broome County's Small Community Fund Grant Program. This year, $650,000 has been budgeted for community improvement projects. The Small Community Fund is available to municipalities, nonprofits, and local economic development entities that are working on projects that complement Broome County's comprehensive plan. Since it was created in 2018, the Small Community Fund has supported over 100 projects throughout the county. Most grants range from $1,200 to $30,000, with the average grant being approximately $15,000. The 56th Annual Ancient Order of Hibernian St. Patrick's Day Parade is tomorrow in downtown Binghamton. Parade Day will begin with Mass at 11.30 at St. Mary's of the Assumption Church on Court Street, followed by the parade stepping off at 1.30 at the corner of Fayette and Court Streets, continuing west on Court Street, turning on the Main Street, and then continuing west to Edwards Street. Motor and pedestrian traffic will be very heavy before, during, and after the parade. 
Many side streets that intersect with Cord and Main Streets between Fayette and Edwards will be closed off just before and during the parade. And on Sunday, the annual Hillcrest St. Patrick's Parade will kick off at 1 p.m. According to the Broome County Sheriff's Office in town of Fenton, from 12.45 to 2 p.m., several roads will be closed to vehicle, vehicle traffic, including Shenango Street from West Service Road to Nolan Road, Nolan Road between East Service Road and Saluter Street, East Service Road between the Nolan Road intersection to the East Service Road crossover overpass, and West Service Road between the Shenango Street intersection and the American Legion. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now on a Friday morning. Welcome to our radio world. 607-772-1290. Let's take some calls. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hi. It's Brenda. I'm calling from Shenango Bridge. Yeah, what's going on? Am I on there? Yeah, you're on the you're on the radio program. I'm on. Uh, just want to touch basis with politics here. Uh, we're hearing about Kathy Horchel's and Vesto. She doesn't, you know, she keeps her life private. Um, I don't understand why, because this is this is why there's problems, um, and people just don't res- respect it. And I'm just looking back and thinking here what happened with uh, our last governor and how the women took him to the cleaners. Well, there were allegations, but none were proven. But I never had any any concerns or issues with him. I thought he was actually a great governor. Um, but anyway, I don't think foreseen a lot of people are going to be voting for Kathy Horchel. Um Point I want to make today: this politics is a really really sad subject. Anyway, it's just like everybody wants to fight the Democrats, the Republicans, and everybody's got their p- opinions. What I what I want to just make point today here is that with voting, it is all corrupt, and I'm gonna, I want to say why. And I'm going to wait. It's not all corrupt. See that this is. This is the problem. When people come on radio shows and say voting is all corrupt, then it discourages people from participating in the process. And the government officials are involved in it. They take the ballots, and I've watched them with my own eyes. The Lord let me see that months back, Bob. Well, it's not all corrupt. If it was all corrupt, they would shut it down. But let's face it. All the voting operations are overseen by Republicans and Democrats, so it can't be all corrupt. And what Jason Gardner's calling in today, I'm listening to him. He thinks he's better than everybody. He won't get my vote. Hey, you don't have to vote for him or anyone else. Hey, he's the county executive. If he he wants to talk about county issues, that's okay. If you want to vote for him, okay. But again, getting back to your original point, it's not all corrupt. The system operates better than most systems in this country. Hey. How can they make the whole voting system corrupt when Republicans and Democrats are overseeing the entire process? Bob, when we do our ballots, it's usually it's all paper, right? Hey, I'm not going to go over the process. If you have evidence of corruption, then present it to the authorities. You're a part of it. I, you're not listening and hearing me. I watched 
Wait, you can say whatever you want, but just because you say it doesn't make it true. I saw it with my own eyes. You saw it with your own eyes. Well, then go swear out a complaint. Don't talk about it on a radio program. We can't prove anything on this radio program. See things in life, but I saw it with my own eyes. Well, then file a complaint. Get it notarized. Go to 60 Minutes. Go to Dateline NBC. This is not the place. I, I got to laugh. But anyway, we love your show, Bob, and I'm glad that you do this every day. Well, thank you. I'm glad that people like it. I like it. WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. Hey, Bob, good morning, good morning. You know, you, you've heard this call that just came before me. This is what I was talking about yesterday. You, you, you uh, Trump supporters, Republicans, don't talk about corruption. You go back to that 2000 uh, uh, election with George Bush and Al Gore. Go watch it. There's so much on it. On one state, we lost the election by 562 votes. You guys want to see corruption? You want to see votes stolen? Go watch that. Okay? Not this nonsense that's going on. Not this QAnon, Uniparty BS. Oh, I love the QAnon. Oh, QAnon oh, this, oh. QAnon that. Come on, man. Give me a break. QAnon. Yeah, yeah go, watch, go watch that. And you know what? The biggest danger of that whole election was is what came after when George Bush was in there. We had a balanced budget and we had surplus. That was gone in three years under George Bush. And do I have to remind you what happened at the very end of this guy sliding in the office? Okay. Do you remember we had to bail out Wall Street? Did we all forget that? That's why these elections are important. I ran into a guy the other day, Bob, and he goes, this is what he said to me. He goes, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't like either candidate. I don't think I'm a vote. I said, well, guess what? I said, I hate to say it, you don't understand how our government works. How old are you? 57. I said, you don't. You've been on this planet for 57 years. Do you understand we have a Senate and a House? Those are the people that make the rules. You have to go into that booth. Those people are the most important. Joe Biden or whoever wins it, they've only got four years. There's a lot more we have to get done in four years because we had a guy in there for four years and nothing got done. And, I, and I'm going to tell you what. Well, watch. If he gets elected, think about it, Vinny. If he gets elected, it'll be four more years of total wackiness. He'll really wreck Twitter then. Well, no, what'll happen, what needs to happen is he has to get, we got to take the House and we have to take the uh, um, uh, Senate. Keep the Senate and get more. Yeah, well, I heard that the Senate is going Republican. And if that's the case, then Biden's going to not only get impeached, but he'll probably be convicted. So you better think about that. If you want Kamala Harris to be president, if Republicans gain control of the Senate, you know it's going to happen. Yeah, well, well, and Bob, I got one one more thing I just want to say real quick. Um, you know, you get a caller that gets a kick when uh, Matt Ryan calls in. Well, you know, I, I get a kick when, when you call in. And uh, uh, because, you know, uh, uh, this, this QAnon, this Uniparty stuff. And by the way, that Uniparty, that's what, that's so old. That's what... Um, Oh, what's the guy? Um, guy who ran back in two thousand? Yeah, Ralph Nader. That's what he. Oh, he don't used get that me term. started on Nader. He's yeah, unsafe at every speed. Yep. I just, Bob. I hear when 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 certain callers calling. I hear a jealousy. I think there is a lot of jealousy. I think you hit that nail right on the head. There's there's so much jealousy today, Vinny. Yeah, because people don't know enough, and then they start accusing the other one. Now I've heard it twice. 
in the last hour. Callers calling in, oh, they think they're better than we are. I said, look, look, just because they bring more food to the banquet than you do, they're not trying to say they're a better cook. It's just what they're bringing to the table. Now, uh, now, now, now this is all I got to say. In some instances, it is true. They know more than you do. Right, which is fine. Doesn't make them better, but they might know more. There's no problem with that. But you're right. There is uh, clearly there's some jealousy at play here. It's eleven seventeen at News Radio WNBF. More calls are coming up. Remember, this is your last chance to call the program because there will not be a program Saturday and there will not be a program Sunday. If you don't get in today before noon. You're going to have to hold your thought until Monday morning. And by then, you might have forgotten it. 607-772-1290. Bob Joseph live on News Radio WNBF. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. WNBF live on a Friday morning. Bill in Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. Yeah, we lost Bill. Let's go to the south side. Gary, you're on the air. Hey, morning, Bob. How are you doing? Good. Good. Um, I'm going to give my critique on the the two um, uh, border border things that happened yesterday with uh, Biden and Trump. Pretty stark between the two. But I watched both of them on CNN. And uh, after Trump did his, uh, they had a fact check. And uh, there was a whole bunch of lies there. And then uh, they did Biden, and they went to the fact checker, and he says, well, I got nothing. He said everything was true. But there's two things that I, that I did listen to. Uh, Biden talked about reducing the amount of time that people have to take takes to process. Right now it's five to seven years. They were going to put 1,500 more people on this, and they were going to reduce the time down to six months. Now, these people are coming in now. They get, a, like, a free ride for five to seven years, and we have to reduce that, and we can turn that, turn them around. But also, there was uh, 40, $43 million in for 10 X-ray machines for at all the border crosses. These are high-tech jobbers that trucks can pass through. And they can detect fentanyl and human um, uh, trespassers or whatever you want to call them and trafficking. And um, I think that would be terrific to have those 10 machines in place and those 1,500, I think, new people to bring those processes down to six months would be uh, super important. I would think everybody would be for that. I could think I would say 98% of our listeners would be supportive of that. Yes, I think uh, it would save lives. You know, there's fentanyl 
they actually send the raw goods from China to Mexico, and they make this fentanyl, and then it comes up to our borders. But here's a, something interesting. I was looking at taxes the other day, but undocumented immigrants paid $23.6 billion in taxes for the for the year of 2015. And they have no access. They paid Medicare and um, uh, Medicare and Social Security taxes, and they have no access to those benefits. So they're basically they're paying their taxes here, twenty three point six billion in two thousand fifteen. But so that's it. That's all I want to say. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Appreciate your call. Eleven twenty two at WNBF. Tina in Shenango Bridge. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning. So yeah, this hot topic with the borders it can go on all day, all night, right? You agree? Well, here's my opinion. Okay. We all have problems with the high cost of everything, food, health insurance, fuel. So it's, it's, it's pretty pronounced. It's a problem. So you bring more people in, more population, more demand, everything's going to even skyrocket even higher. So for everybody to say, come on in, it's a party, have a good life. You know what? Think about how high things are today because they're only going to get higher. Because we have to provide for all these new people. So, honestly, for myself, I don't know how much more I can take with the cost of everything going up. I'm just saying, Bob, it's a problem. It is a huge problem. And, you know, I'm, I'm not one to say, you know, a five-year-old is, is going to be the problem. But thousands and hundreds and thousands of people coming here, we have to give them something. And we are, and it's at our cost. That's what I got to say about it. All right. I appreciate your call. I hope you have a great weekend. I do. Yeah, I will. You too. Enjoy the parade. Thank you. It's 1123 WNBF. This is Bob Joseph listening intently to the voices of the people. This is where the people call to be heard. Again, the... Number to call, 607-772-1290. The program's called Binghamton Now. We do this every weekday morning from 9 to noon. On the air, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. WNBF. 
under the bright lights of the radio studio. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Joe from Owego, not a parking lot. Quick question for you. Gentleman that was just on indicated that undocumented individuals provided all kinds of revenue for the system. If they're undocumented, how do you know where the money came from? I'm, you know. Trust me, the government knows. You know, just like the government makes us file tax returns, the government knows. Government knows everything about everything. So if, if you think for a minute, why do you think they have spy cams set up around the country? Why do you think they have plate readers? Why do you think they monitor your phone conversations and monitor all of your Internet activity? Why do you think they pay attention to the messages you send on a cell phone? Government knows. Just because you're undocumented doesn't mean the government doesn't know. Well, but... Tax, taxes and, and I guess I'll, I'll accept what you say. I don't. The government you. knows all. Look, if you don't file your taxes, the government knows and then they come after you. When you do file your taxes, if you do something wrong, the government knows and then you're going to pay a penalty. Government knows. Just went through that. If they know that much, they should know a great deal more about the uh, solar panels and their effect. They know. They're just not telling you. Uh, that goes back to an earlier caller who said we all need to know more information about what's going on and nobody tells us, i.e. Kathy Hochul and that group. Bob, thanks a lot. All right. Yeah, the government knows. Just because the government's not telling you doesn't mean the government doesn't know. The government knows all. The government knows more about you than you know about yourself. That's why it's the government. I didn't say it's right. It just is. That's... Well, they put up all the spy cameras and the plate readers and uh, they're monitoring the internet and phone calls and stuff like that and pay attention to all of our banking transactions and things like that. Well, so of course they know. The government knows. Well, how would they know about undocumented people in the country paying taxes? Because when the tax money comes in, they run it through the list and say, oh, this person who's paying taxes isn't on our list of people who are documented. Government knows. Well, I can't believe the government knows. Well, you'd be surprised. Just ask Dan Bongino. He knows. Dan Bongino, today from noon to three. Call him and ask him. You think the government doesn't know? The government knows all. Here's the forecast from the government, our government, the U.S. Weather Bureau, has given this forecast because the government knows. Sunny today, high 49. Increasing clouds tonight with a chance of rain, low 34. Cloudy tomorrow, rain early in the day, some showers possible in the afternoon, high 46. Partly sunny Sunday, high 61. It's 40 in downtown Binghamton. That's 4 Celsius at News Radio WNBF. The forecast provided by 
the federal government. Now, more information provided by the federal government because the government knows all. According to the federal government's air quality index for Binghamton at the moment is 32. The federal government deems that to be good air quality. There is a bit of ozone, so if you find yourself sensitive to ozone, just know that. But uh, overall, the government air quality monitors claim that this is good air quality right now. So there you go. The federal government, that's one of the reasons it costs so much to run the federal government. They're just, it's not even so much to run all the spy cameras and wiretaps and plate readers. That doesn't cost that much. It's the computer systems to track all the information they have coming in. You know, the basic infrastructure, once you put it in place, doesn't cost that much to keep operating. But then when you have billions and billions and billions of pieces of new information coming in every hour about all Americans everywhere, and also people who are in the United States, undocumented people, they've got the information. Now, in fairness, to be clear, does the government know everything about everything? If you're out living in a cabin somewhere in Montana, does the government actually know you're there if you're off the grid? Well, short answer is probably, but can they monitor you? If you're truly off the grid and living in some sort of a log cabin with no electricity, and no water, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you could probably, to a degree, escape government detection, but not for long. That's why they have the satellites. Why do you think they send up the spy balloons? They've got good satellites. They have good spy balloons. So if you're having speedies in your backyard tomorrow night, government knows. The government, with satellite technology, could tell whether you're serving lamb speedies or pork speedies. Because they use state-of-the-art technology. They don't use Google technology. They use 21st century cutting-edge technology. Hi, WNBF, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Ann from Appalachian. Hi, Ann. What's up? Well, I watched um, the two... Uh ex-president and the current president, <clears throat> I found the current president to be very, very um, intelligent. I found the ex-president to be very childish, like in the, from his playpen. He didn't have anything constructive to add. But m what I really called is Mitt Romney was on CNN a few nights ago, and he said he would not vote for Trump. And the reason he gave, and I'm, I think I'm quoting here, Having a president who is so defaulted of character would have an enormous um, impact on the character of America. He wants a good uh, future America for his children and his grandchildren. That's what we all want. Well, some people seem to think that the, they don't care about the character of the president. They don't care about what things he's done illegally. They just want him because for some reason or other they think that he's just the it thing because of all his rhetoric and all things they've done. He has not lived the 
clean life, and I think Biden has lived a clean life. I don't know why the Supreme Court is holding off on this, um, uh, having to review what they have to review and put it out so far that maybe there can't be a trial. I, I just think that the Republicans are a very corrupt party. Sorry. Well, that's okay, but remember when you say that, that affects most of our listeners because most of our listeners are Republican. I'm a Republican. All right, well, then it must pain you to have to say that. No, actually, I get to hear information that you don't hear if you're not a, if you're not a, <laughs> you know that. So I sort of want to know what they're doing, and I don't, I don't like what's happening to the Republican Party at all. Well, can the Republicans ever get back to their original mission? I don't know. I won't be around when they do. <laughs> well, it seems kind of a shame because the brand, for much of my life, the Republican Party was one of the more respected brands in this country. Well, unfortunately, I'm not sure exactly what um, something about Donald Trump is apparently very unusual and hopefully not repeated um, in the future, although I don't know he does have children. Um, yeah, well thing is, I don't think his kids are going to turn out as bad as he as he had turned out. And I think it must have been something in the water. Maybe it was those summers that he spent at the camp in Delaware County. Maybe, maybe something happened during those summers. I think he was influenced by his father and some other man that I understand, but yeah. I, I don't want to get into all Yeah, that. no, it's complicated. And so I, I think maybe more broadly we should feel sad for him as opposed to upset with him. I just think it's a shame that there's so much from noon until 6 o'clock the next morning is nothing but trash the Democrats, and they don't do it honestly. I consider Fox to be fraudulent. Fox, I consider the people who are talking, the talk shows who are opinionated. They never had roles in any of those offices and any of the things that they're complaining about criticizing. They don't know what it's like to be in those positions, but they sure know how to criticize the Democrats. Yeah, they seem to do a lot of that. Well, I appreciate your call. I hope you have a good weekend. They don't tell it truthfully. Well, they what they tell is what the viewers want to hear. They know what their audience is, and they give it to them. Well, I'm sorry that people don't turn to the truth. All right. Well, I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you. I hope you do, too, and good luck with the parade tomorrow. I hope it's, it's dry when you guys are... Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll hope the rain, the showers hold off tomorrow afternoon. Okay, thank you. 1138 News Radio WNBF with the one and only Bob Joseph. It's always interesting. We get such a, a wide variety of views on this program. I don't think there's another program on the planet... That allows such a wide variety of views. Oh, okay. C-SPAN. C-SPAN, when they have their call-in segments, allows for a wide variety of views. But most other programs don't allow it. 607-772-1290. It's Binghamton Now on a Friday morning at WNBF. The St. Patrick's Day Parade is Saturday, March 2nd. It's one of the largest community events of the year in the Southern Tier and organized by the Ancient Order of Hibernians Parade Committee of Broome County. 
The day begins with Mass at 1130 at St. Mary the Assumption Church on Court Fayette Streets, and the parade begins right there at 1.30. Enjoy pipe bands, so many floats from our community, Irish dance groups. Bring your family and friends and celebrate the parade. In support of the St. Patrick's Day Parade, Gallagher Baker Attorneys at Law, the Thomas J. Shea Funeral Home, Lockheed Rock Products and ZMK Construction, Grill Steam Carpet Cleaning, Overhead Door Company of Binghamton, and Town Square Media of Binghamton. The St. Patrick's Day Parade, Saturday, March 2nd in downtown Binghamton, presented and organized by the Ancient Order of Hibernians in Broome County. Come and enjoy the St. Patrick's Day Parade, Saturday, March 2nd. Frank and Vestal. Ah, we lost Frank. Eh, call back if you wish, if you dare. Let's see. Oh, I saw this about the sentencing. Uh, Kevin Monahan. Kevin Monahan, the man who lives near Albany, who shot a woman riding in an SUV that for some reason turned into his driveway today has been sentenced to 26 and one-third years to life in prison for the killing. The um, woman who died, her loved ones, assailed him for the unprompted murder. This is according to the story written by Robert Gavin in the Albany Times Union. This is the Times Union website. People cheered and wiped tears in the crowded Washington County courtroom this morning as Judge Adam Michelini delivered the maximum sentence for a disturbing slaying that drew national attention for its senselessness. The woman's father, and the woman who was killed was uh, Kaylin Gillis, her father, Andrew, said at the sentencing, our entire family has been shattered forever, scarred by this tragedy. He told his daughter's killer, you were deceitful, you hid the truth, and you never showed remorse. The boyfriend of the woman, Blake Walsh, said his girlfriend was a sweet and loving soul. He said everything that Monaghan is not. He is thankful for the justice system, he said, but he said if it's was my decision, you would be under the jail. Last April 15th, Monaghan fired two slugs from a 20-gauge shotgun that killed the 20-year-old woman as she sat in the passenger seat of a Ford Explorer SUV with Mr. Walsh and two friends outside the gunman's home. They were trying to find a party and they ended up at the wrong home. 
Monahan declined to speak before he was sentenced, prompted so- prompting someone in the courtroom to yell, Coward! Coward! Monahan is 66. All right. Well, it's a very stiff sentence, but again, it doesn't bring back Kaylin Gillis. But maybe somehow it'll teach, could teach people a lesson. If you have a gun, don't fire it at vehicles in your driveway. Well, they shouldn't be in my driveway. Well, that might be true. That might be true. They shouldn't be in your driveway, but they're in your driveway. That doesn't mean you have the right to kill them. Well, they shouldn't turn around. Well, maybe they shouldn't. And probably going forward, the people who were there that night, last April 15th, I... I'm fairly sure if they ever get lost again at night, in an area that they're not familiar with, I bet they'll just keep going. I bet they won't turn around in a driveway anymore. So that much is probably true. But still, does make you wonder, what what seriously was the guy thinking? Somebody turns around in your driveway and you think that they're going to cause trouble. I think he said he thought his home was being surrounded or under some sort of invasion. Well, then call the police. That's why we have the police. The police will handle it. Here's a little bit of what the judge had to say in the courtroom just a short time ago. This is Judge Adam Michelini speaking at the sentencing of Kevin Monahan. You shot at a car full of people and you didn't care what would happen and you repeatedly lied about it. You deserve to spend the maximum time in prison allowable under our law. Now there's a judge who makes a lot of sense. And here's the bottom line. This is the bottom line from the judge to 66-year-old Kevin Monahan. As to the conviction of murder in the second degree, I sentence you to a term of 25 years to life in prison. As I said, that sentence, having Kevin Monahan spending potentially decades in a cell, is never going to bring back Kaylin Gillis to her family and to her friends. And that's the problem. When you shoot your gun, when you shoot your gun toward occupied vehicles, you need to consider you're probably going to kill at least one person. It's probably somewhat fortunate that more people didn't get killed on that night, last April 15th, when Kevin Monaghan, the coward Kevin Monaghan, decided he would start firing on people he didn't know. I've got a gun and I'm a coward. 
so I'm going to kill people. And now, sadly for Kevin Monaghan, I guess it's actually sad, I believe, I believe his wife had testified during the trial. Yeah, I feel badly for her. I don't think when she got married to him, she thought, oh, Kevin is going to go kill somebody who turns around in our driveway. But now she has to deal with it. Her husband is going to be away. Eleven forty nine WNBF hopscotching around the world of news. Former guy in a courtroom today for a hearing in the classified documents case. The special counsel is proposing a new July date for the trial. Former guy's lawyers argue the case should be dismissed, claiming presidential immunity, an argument the Supreme Court said could be decided this spring as part of the former guy's federal election interference case. John Santucci is with ABC News. He explains what the former guy's legal team is trying to achieve today. This has been the goal for Team Trump on all of these cases. Delay, delay, and make them go away. Now, they've had a good win so far this week. If we're looking at the Donald Trump scorecard when it comes to federal cases, the Supreme Court saying they're going to weigh in on the special counsel's case, looking at the efforts to overturn the election. So win in that category. They're hoping for a repeat performance today in Florida. Maybe. Maybe. Again, the bottom line with the former guy, almost every time... He's in legal hot water. The tactic is delay, delay, delay. I think the theory must be the more you delay, maybe people will get tired of trying to prosecute you. Well, let's see if we could delay it for another several months or another few years. Maybe people will just get so frustrated they'll say, ah, never mind. Never mind. We're so bored. We're so bored of the whole thing. Let's just drop it. We don't want to hear anything more about the former guy. We don't care if he spends the rest of his life at Mar-a-Lago wondering where all the secret documents went. The special counsels proposed a July trial date. Trump's team has said it should be after the election. They threw out this date in August, but that's really not real because the closer it gets to September, the less likely it is because there's this arbitrary rule. Oh, yeah, an arbitrary rule that they're not supposed to have some kind of a trial going on when the former guy is running to get back the job from which he was fired in November 2020. Hey, if the trial is going on, if it turns out the trial is going on in October and November, whose fault is that? It's his fault. He's the one who has been trying to delay it. So if he he had not gone through with all the delays, this trial would have probably already happened by now. 1152 at WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? I apologize. This is a call back for me. And <clears throat> I um, listening to about the court situation with the Supreme Court. Um, Jack Smith had requested in December, in December, 
that the Supreme Court take it up rather than the lower court. And uh, the Supreme Court says, oh, no, we can't do that. But now that Trump has requested, in spite of how, how thorough the other court was with addressing everything, they suddenly said, okay, we'll take it up. And they have done other things very, very quickly. But this, the Supreme Court is extending it out. They're favoring. Right. Trump. No, that's, that's true. And anyway, in the okay. end, we, we know the Supreme Court is stacked with Trump loyalists anyway, so it's no real oh, surprise. So They got there that they would yeah. um, think about the system yep. and not try to advocate for a dictator. Yeah. Thank you. 1153 WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? This is Tom from Unwell. I just want to kind of jump off your last statement. You know, it's kind of funny you say delay, delay, but the people that are prosecuting Trump either have an affair and secretly going after him or they're campaigning on going after them. Weird how that works. Have a great weekend, Bob. All right. You too. Yeah, that's... That's not really that weird. And, yeah, it's understandable that some people want to go after him. I didn't think necessarily it was such a wise campaign platform for Tish James when she was running for attorney general to make it clear that if she was elected that she'd be going after Trump. But eh, at least she was honest. I didn't think it was that wise, but hey, worked for her. She got elected, and she did. Unlike some people who are candidates, she actually followed through, and she worked to go against the former guy. James from Binghamton writes, doesn't it take two-thirds of the Senate to convict? James, you are 100% correct. Thank you. I uh, earlier gave the wrong impression that if by chance the Republicans gain control of the Senate this November, that uh, Biden is in serious jeopardy of not only being impeached by a Republican-controlled House, but also being convicted by a Republican-controlled Senate. Well, yes, that's not going to happen. According to the Senate website, the Constitution requires a two-thirds vote of the Senate to convict, and the penalty for an impeached official upon conviction is removal from office. So, yes, it would take, I'm not good at math, I guess it would take 67 senators, assuming 100 senators were voting, 67 would have to vote for conviction. So, I think uh, Biden is safe, He's, unless he does something totally Totally unprecedented. I don't think Biden is going to go anywhere during the second term, except heading toward Mount Rushmore. Imagine. Joe Biden added to Mount Rushmore. So that's something to contemplate. When he wins, oops, I should say if he wins a second term... Close your eyes and imagine beautiful Mount Rushmore with the fifth president featured. And I know many people are saying, well, if they ever add to Mount Rushmore, of course, they're going to add Jimmy Carter because he truly was a great president. Well, they probably should. Actually, how about this? 
when they add presidents to Mount Rushmore, add both James Earl Carter and Joe Biden. Do it at the same time, you get a better deal. So add Carter and Biden to Mount Rushmore, and that way more people will want to go and see the all-new and improved Mount Rushmore. That's all the time we have for today. Don't worry. I'll be back Monday morning from 9 to noon. This is Bob Joseph. You're listening to Binghamton Now on News Radio WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station.